Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful game network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL tonight. We're recapping a very big and bizarre win against the Richmond Kickers. We've got our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We're going to preview the match against Bethlehem Steel, and then we're going to do a special preview uh, of the match this weekend against against FC Cincinnati uh, with Brian Weigel of Cincinnati Soccer Talk. And then we're going to do another player preview as we've done over the last couple of weeks. Joining me tonight, as always, we've got uh, the Red Bull News Network zone, Joe Steen. Hello, Joe Steen. How are you? Great. Happy to pick up the three points in another resounding win on Friday. Yeah, that, that was a... A, a very big one. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, of course, joining Joe Steen and I on this podcast, it's Bill T and Jay. Bill Toomey Photography. Bill Toomey! How you doing, Bill? <laughs> I'm doing good, especially good since it wasn't my face that hit the goal, <laughs> the ball into the goal, so I'm doing good. But you did get a great sort of reaction just post-ball <laughs> slamming into Jared's face. Yes. All right. Well, I was going to try to do a little bit more small talk, but you've launched us successfully into talking about uh, the match against the Richmond Kickers. First minute, uh, keeper goes to clear the ball. The ball smacks Jared right in the nose and rolls into the goal and really sets the tone for what ended up being a very bizarre game. Uh, It was one of the oddest games that I've covered. Steen, I don't know about you, but was this the oddest game that you've covered? Oh, by far. It's not even close. <laughs> um, not only that, but Evan Loro get, getting sent off uh, and Brian White playing goal might have been the just, – just capped off the night as far as it being weird. But, I mean, yeah, I, Stroud's goal opened it, Brian White playing in goal, and making a save on a very nice free kick from mm-hmm. Brian Schreiber was, was probably the cherry on top of a weird night. But, hey, they picked up the three points. They looked dominant. Uh, Mondo Moreno was – uh, terrific, and so was Andrew Tunari. Uh, and Jared Stroud back the perfect hat trick. So, I mean, you really can't say much more other than that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Brian White, uh, obviously Evan Loro uh, is a bit bigger than Brian. Uh, you know, <laughs> so. We get held by the jersey. <laughs> the jersey <laughs> on Brian makes <laughs> him look like a yes. youth player. It's great. I love it so much. Uh, and and uh, to Brian's credit, after the game, he he told us that he's coming for Luis Robles's job. So <laughs> that was great. Uh, back to the game. You've mentioned it. Uh, Jared Stroud had a perfect hat trick. Uh, we've been waiting for this guy to sort of uh, turn on the other side of his game. He's played provider for a while now. Uh, it was really nice to see him finally put the ball in the back of the net and then just continue to do so. Is this the start of a, a goal-scoring run by by Mr. Stroud? What do you think, Bill? I think uh, after being hit in the face, it just turned on his ability to create goals and score oh, them. Like Rookie of the Year style? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, Henry Roan Gardner did not get hit in the face, but uh, right. <laughs> Stroud, I mean, Stroud was nonstop for the – for the rest of the night, he he was great. He had a great game, and uh, it was awesome to see him jump up there, you know, into a bunch of fans when he scored his third goal for the hat trick. Right. Well, he had a a visiting contingent uh, from uh, Colgate. I believe he said it was something like Colgate night uh, and family that are in the area. Right. So he had a lot of uh, fans there, which was absolutely great. 
Um, I like the idea of the, the goal scoring switch in his head. Let's talk about Amando Moreno, uh, another match where he has a very impressive performance, although somewhat overshadowed by all the other uh, silliness in the match. He's still leading the team with goals. Uh, he contributed to uh, the the other side, uh, getting an assist for Jared Stroud. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about players like Ben Mines. A lot of people are talking about Brian White and even Andrew Tenari at this point. Not too many people talking about Amanda Moreno, who's ha- quietly having a really, really good season for this club. Yeah, I mean, he's already up top there in first place with eight goals. I mean, White is right behind him, but we've always talked about how he's always pushing and he never stops pushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's a, a guy that I think uh, should be in that conversation for who's moving up next to the New York Red Bulls. Jocene, am I crazy? No, not at all. I think he's been um, terrific. Uh, as far as he loves to take guys on, he you know, and he ha- kind of has that Derek Etienne role where he likes to take guys on. But uh, what I've really been impressed with is the fact he can he's starting to pick his like the pass more. I would again, I'd like to see him you know maybe pick his head up and because uh, he had a couple moments where you know White was looking to make the run and he had to make the pass. But he's definitely improving on that. He's not dribbling as much as he was earlier in the season. He's looking to pass and then move off the ball which his movement's creating a lot of problems for teams yeah and that just means good things for the red bulls uh, at the moment but uh right before the red card in this game for evan loro we saw the defense do what it's done over the last couple of games and and really all season which is do they just kind of start to shut down? Uh, John Molinek touched on this after the match, saying that you know it's part of this this young team is learning uh, to not feel comfortable with the lead or to feel comfortable uh, with the game state in general, and to to stay locked in and to stay focused. What's it going to take for them to to really get over that hump? Because I mean, you're talking about two guys with Hassan and Dom and Jordan Scarlett. It's not like this is their first dance. They've been here for a while, uh, and they played great the rest of the night. But here's just another example of where things kind of get out of hand seemingly out of nowhere so what's it going to take Justine um they're just going to have to keep their focus they're just going to have to work on something they're going to have to work on in training and just you know during the game keep communicating with each other because it didn't see it didn't seem like they were communicating with each other with a you know with a five goal lead I mean it seemed like they were you know a little bit more relaxed they just need to say switched on I mean they need to be you know communication you know, constant, constantly talking to each other, you know, who's picking up who, because the biggest thing with this team is, you know, as we saw on when Laurel got sent off was they were had a tough time defending the ball over the top. And then I think on uh, the first goal, uh, Endom's caught out of position and then Scarlett's left to defend basically two guys. And once, um, once I think it was Gonzalez rounded uh, mm-hmm. Loro and got the ball to Shriver in the middle there, you know, it, it was just a tap in. So, they're just going to have to work on this. You know, they're going to have to just, you know, training. It's just they're going to have to nail this down in training. Okay, fair enough. Bill, uh, anything to add? I, I do think the defense got a little bit better once White was in goal because it woke them up a little bit. Yeah, it refocused them. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I buy into that. Okay, let's talk man of the match. Uh, who do you have, Bill? See, this game I could name Brian White or Jared Stroud <laughs> or Moreno. <laughs> but I'm going to go with uh, Jared Stroud here for the hat trick and the coolest goal I've I think I've ever seen. 
the, the face <laughs> shot there. It's not even a header. It's just a face shot. We'll, we'll say those were his quick reflexes to get his yes. face in front of the ball. <laughs> uh, right Joe's, place at the right time. <laughs> Joe Stein, who do you got? I've got Brian White. Despite the fact he didn't make the USL team of the week this week, I have no idea how. Insane. But, uh, I Brian White, a goal, an assist, and a save. Uh, you can't get much better than that. Well, you should talk more about this in a little bit, but yes, Brian White should have been on that team, and I I give him the ma- the man of the match over Jared Stroud, who had a very impressive game with his hat trick. Uh, but I mean, yes, goal, assist, save—you got to be man of the match with that. And uh, his humor afterwards and candor, I think, were were much appreciated. So Brian White and Jared Stroud, congrats, great job. Okay. New York Red Bulls 2, to, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, New York, the ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. Instead, what came out of my mouth was the New York Red Bulls 2 attack. <laughs> Who knows, guys? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> the ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. Let's start with Rafi Diaz and Sac Republic. He has still not played in any of their matches. Uh, they won 3-1 over Swope Park Rangers and won nothing over the Colorado Springs switchbacks. Noah Powder also did not play for uh, Orange County SC in their 4 nothing win over uh, San Antonio FC. Dan Metzger started and played 88 minutes in a one nothing loss to the Richmond Kickers for Penn FC. Uh, and then was not in the 18 for their 2-1 to loss to Ottawa. So things are a little poor there for Penn FC over the last couple of matches. Junior Fleming started, played 90 minutes for Tampa Bay in their 2 nothing loss to FC Cincinnati. Our good friend Stefano Bonomo, also in that match, uh, started, played 77 minutes in that 2 nothing loss. Brandon Allen started, played 45 minutes, which is a very strange shift, in a one nothing loss to Charlotte Independence. Corey Herzog and St. Louis FC were off this week. Kyle Rainish started and played 90 minutes in Fresno FC's huge 4-0 victory over Phoenix Rising, who somehow are still up in the top five of the power rankings for USL. <laughs> a lot of things hey. happening over that way that aren't <laughs> making any sense lately. True. <laughs> uh, Zach Carroll and Reno uh, 1868. He started and played 90 minutes in a 4-1 win over the LA Galaxy 2. Uh, Conrad Pleva and uh, the Monarchs were off this week. Speedy Williams started and played 90 minutes for Louisville in their 2-1 loss to Charleston. Mike DeFonta, uh, as mentioned before, was part of the 4-0 loss to FC, or sorry, to Fresno FC. Uh, he started and played 70 minutes. Carl Wiemet started and played 90 minutes in Indy 11's 2-1 loss also to Charleston this week. And Scott Thompson, I was reminded last week about left back Scott Thompson. He started and played 90 minutes in the 2-1 win over Penn FC um, that I mentioned at the top. Blah, 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 two, no, that's I got those. I've got those scores backwards. It was 2-1 against <laughs> Richmond. It was one nothing against Ottawa. If that is right. Uh, Scott Thompson scored a goal in that match. So way to go, Scott Thompson. Uh, and Zico Lewis, an FNH half-knot yarder, uh, he did not play in their 3 nothing win over FC Lati. And that's it for our New York Red Bulls 2, or ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. When we come back, we're going to preview the match against Bethlehem Steel this Wednesday, or tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, which you probably are. Stick around.
And we're back. It's time now to preview Wednesday's match against Bethlehem Steel. They are 6-7-6 overall, 1-2-2 in their last five matches. Win over Charlotte. Losses against Penn FC in Atlanta United 2. Wait, stop. Needle scratch time. Losses to Penn FC in Atlanta United 2. Losses to Penn FC in Atlanta United 2. That is... So bizarre. That might Bethlehem, be hope right there for Bethlehem us. is so weird. Uh, and draws against the New York Rebels too, and North Carolina FC. They're, they spread the wealth. They don't have a particular player that is necessarily, you know, uh, leading the way. Uh, I think the team overall is, is very good up front. We talked about it. It was 2 2 last time out. The Red Bulls were leading 2 nothing. They gave up two goals. It was a heartbreaker of a match. The The announcers basically said after the Red Bulls' second goal, this game's over. <laughs> Bethlehem still are about to lose, whatever. Uh, and then, of course, they come back. But, the, you know, the bigger story here is every time they play Beth Steele, they struggle. And, I mean... I'm not really sure what it is about that team or if it's just something completely, um, you know, in the nether or, or just talismanic in terms of the way that, that the Red Bulls two approach this match. Now, what they have to figure out here is do they go hard against Bethlehem steel and look to maximize their, their homestand and try to get nine out of nine points or do they save a little something for FC FC Cincinnati on the weekend? You know, we'll talk more about that during the FC uh, Cincinnati preview. But I I gotta say, I, if I'm John Wolnick, I'm going for all three points here. You gotta get the points at home in terms of the way that this season is shaking up. Yes, getting points on the road are, are important. But right now, who's going to be the easier team to beat, FC Cincinnati or Bethlehem Steel? And I say it's Bethlehem Steel. Why am I wrong, Justine? Because I haven't beaten them in two years. Um, I mean, they lost to them twice last year, including last, you know, at home last year, 2 nothing. And, you know, they haven't, they, for some reason, this team is just, uh, they're just, they're so Jekyll and Hyde, but whenever they come to play the Red Bulls, they just, for some reason, flip a switch and they're just such a dangerous team against them. They play, I mean, I think you mentioned this, they play a lot like their parent club uh, or their affiliated club, the Philadelphia Union. And they're very quick on the counter, and that's what the Red Bulls have trouble with. So I, 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 I think John Wolniak's going to put out a strong lineup for this game. Although I prefer if he'd save it for FC Cincinnati. I think the way this team's playing right now, I think they're more than capable of winning this game. It's just that they're going to have to come out quick. They're going to have to grab an early goal. They cannot fall behind against this team because they'll be looking for an equalizer, and this team's very dangerous on the counter. Yeah, I, I agree with all those things, Bill. Uh, what what is the main thing the Red Bulls two are going to have to do to get a result in this match? Who is the guy that will be critical to that result? I think the the one thing they're going to have to do is they're going to have to score and they're going to have to score quick to get on the board and and get everybody uh, on board there for the game. So. If we could get a goal in the first 15 minutes, if Jared Stroud could get another face shot or Brian White can step up, I think we'll be in good shape as long as we get an early goal, which will get the team going. I will say this here on this show now. If Jared Stroud scores another goal like that in this match, I will eat 10 hot dogs. 10. 10? 10 hot dogs. 
because there is no way that that is ever going to happen. Tomorrow? Actually, that's a terrible idea. I will eat a bag of popcorn at the match. (laughs) Oh, no, we don't want you to die. Like, come on. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get you ten hot dogs on Dollar Hot Dog Night, and we'll and we'll yes. video it, and yeah. then we'll put it on the site. It'll just be me go. regretting life over and over again. Jared, you, you know you know what you must do tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move to predictions. Josteen, what do you got? <sighs> um, I'm gonna go for a two-one Red Bulls win. Okay, Bill, I'm gonna go for a. Uh, 2-0 Red Bulls 2 win over Bet Steel. Here I come, Amior. This is a 2-2 <laughs> draw. Just like the last one, they're going to be ahead in this game. They're going to slip at the end. And uh, I think there will be a lot of hand wringing, especially having to go on the road to Cincinnati immediately afterwards. Okay. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Brian Weigel of Cincinnati Soccer Talk and previewing the match against FC Cincinnati. Stick around. Welcome back, everyone. We are going to do our final segment now. We are previewing the match against FC Cincinnati, but look out. We've got a member of the opposition with us. It's Brian Weigel of the Cincinnati Soccer Talk podcast. How you doing, Brian? Doing wonderful. I'll, I'll be a lot better if we can pick up three points this weekend. Oh, yeah. That's something that Cincinnati is lacking is <laughs> three points from week to week. Well, you know, we, we, got, we got Charlotte midweek, and they always give us fits. We got Rebels on the weekend, even though it's home, you guys give us fits. So it's kind of like a, both are almost like trap games are kind of like nightmare games for us. So I, I don't take anything for granted. All right. All right. That's fair. Uh, let's, let's go into this FC Cincinnati. They are 11, three and five this season, three Oh and two in the last five matches wins against Richmond, Ottawa, Tampa Bay rowdies and draws against TFC two, which was a wild, wild game, and Nashville SC. Danny Koenig and Manuel uh, Ledesma, each with nine goals. Nazmi Albadwi with seven. Uh, Ledesma also leading the team with eight assists. Last time these two teams met, Cincinnati won two to one. Two quick strikes after halftime. Red Bulls blowing a number of chances. It was a very frustrating game to watch. Andrew Tanari getting hurt uh, midway through. Jared Stroud picking up an injury at one point. Uh, you had Kevin Pollitz and uh, Wahab Akwa on the back line. Scott Levine making his debut in net. A lot of unknowns, a lot of craziness. Things were a little bit out of control. Joe Steen, why is this going to be a different match on the road in Cincinnati in front of God knows how many uh, maniacs screaming down on the field? Well, we'll definitely have Evan Laura for this game, which uh, he's been, and aside from the game this past weekend, has been pretty good. Uh, I think we'll have Hassan Adam back for the back line and maybe Jordan Scarlett uh, as well, who's been playing a lot better of late. So it'll be a much different team, I think, Cincinnati sees this time around. And hopefully Brian White won't miss a penalty uh, like he did in the first game, which definitely <laughs> changed momentum around. Yeah, I forgot to call that one out. Yeah, that was well, rough. <laughs> Well, so do you start uh, Hassan midweek against Steele? Do you go all in in that match? Because they need the three points. Or do you save it against FC Cincinnati, which is the the bigger fish? I would save him for Cincinnati, just because I think it's a much much bigger game, especially because they're still looking for that first road win, and Cincinnati hasn't been as good as they've been in the past at home this year. So they're kind of vulnerable there this year. 
kind of vulnerable, but not not particularly. They're still five yeah. two and two at home, so it's not. True. I, they have lost there, but it, it's certainly rare. Brian, we were talking about this on your show. You feel a lot less confident. Why? What? What? Why do you think that FC Cincinnati won't be able to maximize points against the Red Bulls? Well, I think a lot of it starts with uh, the injury to Richie Ryan, who's been our 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 midfield uh, general kept the the midfield organized we've been bouncing back and forth this season between different formations uh four two three one as well as uh, which i believe you guys kind of saw up in uh in in harrison or the the four four two diamond almost like a four three one two with with nazmi al badawi sitting right behind the the forwards uh i think with the midweek game versus charlotte and then having the red bulls uh, on the weekend three games in eight days without ryan it really limits the players that we can sub in and get rest. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on the midfield of Walker, uh, Corbin Bone, as well as uh, Michael LaHood, who played uh, up in uh, up in New York. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on those guys. And and if you know, we all know Rebels are are very talented, they're very athletic. FC Cincinnati struggled versus these these two sides this season due to the. You know their, their their skill as well as their their pace and speed, and uh, you know when you have some some older guys on kind of rubbery legs, that's that's something that I think New York could could take advantage of. But of course, we'll see what happens midweek uh, versus Charlotte, and, and you know you might see uh, Will Seymour or Tyler Gibson, who we brought in from San Francisco, who blew out uh, or who had an injury uh, earlier in the year. So there's there's certain things that can happen, but there's a lot of variables, a lot of roster rotation, and. And when that's happened with FC Cincinnati, as you can see with that result in Toronto, uh, they haven't been able to come away with three points. Well, that would be a fantastic thing for the Red Bulls to to get some road points this season. Bill, what is it going to take for, for the Red Bulls to get points on the road? We saw them nearly uh, secure a victory against Bethlehem Steel on a, in a game they really didn't deserve to win. Uh, but they were up two goals in the final five minutes and blew it for for lack of a better word so going to cincinnati having to play midweek what are they going to need to do to get a win on the road i think they're going to have to continue the fire that they're currently on because uh last friday night we saw at home those guys were on fire and they were pressing non-stop so if they can play good uh play a good game tomorrow against bet steel and continue that into the weekend i think they'll be fine but if tomorrow is a bad game with that's still, I think that's going to kind of set the tone for how the game on the weekend is going to go. Which is something they have had a problem with. They, they yeah. tend to get kind of streaky. They they do well for a little short burst, then they have a little bit of a cooling off period. Hopefully that's not going to be the case this time And especially around. with that still, like you said, we have not beat them yet this season. So there's going to be a lot on the plate for tomorrow night, and it uh, really depends on how the game goes tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get some predictions First, I'm going to go to you, Joe Steen. What do you got? I'm going to say a 2-2 draw. Okay. I think that that's fair. Uh, Bill? I was going to say the same thing. I'm thinking a draw as well, 2-2. And that would, I think, fit the way that the Red Bulls have played so far on the road. Brian, let's get yours. You know, you guys might like me a bit after this, but I'm, I'm not feeling great about the game. I'm thinking uh, actually 3-2 Red Bull. That would be fantastic, I think. I do not feel <laughs> as confident as you. As I said on Cincinnati Soccer Talk, I am looking at this as a one nothing loss, which is kind of weird considering these teams usually score multiple goals uh, in matches against each other, but I'm calling this a one nothing loss. Brian, uh, let's talk a little bit about 
the the start of the transition to MLS. Cincinnati obviously announced as a team that will be moving up. Uh, I'm sure that celebrations there are are still ongoing, but what has that started to look like in terms of the way that the fan base is reacting, uh, the way that uh, you guys have had to start covering the team? What's changing for you guys up there? Oh, a lot, actually. Um, in terms of uh, dealing with the team, you, you've seen actually a, a lot more staff being brought in. So they've implemented, just as for a media side, just, you know, a little bit more process to cover the team, which is fine. Uh, we kind of expected that. Uh, I still think the thing that keeps um, FC Cincinnati special is the accessibility to the players, and so far that's been been pretty solid. Uh, you know, the GM, the head coach, as well as the technical director Luke Sasano, who I'm sure Rebels mm-hmm. uh, fans are familiar with, uh, they've been very accessible, very excited for Sasano uh, coming in here to FC Cincinnati. That's not a role that we've had. Uh, in the past, everything was kind of brought on by uh, Coach John Harks or of this offseason, Coach Alan Koch. And I think just the additional help that the the the, the, the you know roster building process uh, that he'll add uh, should be hopefully fairly solid solid for FC Cincinnati going into Major League Soccer. You know, I think they've seen a lot of the transitions between. Minnesota going up as well as some of the other clubs like LAFC and Atlanta starting is you you can't go cheap but without your big stadium yet you can't go out and get all three guys unless you're uh, you know LAFC and they have all the money in the world out there with their 15 billionaire owners so I think you're gonna <laughs> see I think you're gonna see uh, probably about I say three to eight guys coming from this USL squad up to Major League Soccer. I think you have some no-brainers if they can sign them, like Nazmi Albadawi, who's just killing it, uh, as well as uh, to me the the, the first half MVP of of the United Soccer League was is Manuel, Manuel Ledesma or Manu Ledesma with nine goals. I would say eight assists. Uh, the guy's just an amazing winger or, or sometimes second striker, which I'm sure you'll probably see this weekend. So there's a lot of quality there uh, in terms of off the field process. Uh, yeah, they're starting new season ticket holders. I think we hit eight or I'll say like 18, 19,000 season ticket holders, whatever it is. It's just wow. crazy numbers. And um, it's been pretty exciting. Uh, our supporters um, released a, a document. I'm sure you can go find it out basically about, things that they'd like to see, you know, continue with the club as well as things that they'd like to see change going into major league soccer. So the one thing that is special about this club is the dialogue. So, um, that's all continuing going into major league soccer. Um, a lot going on here, something new every day, no new signings yet, which I've actually kind of been a little bit disappointed. I know it's, it's a lot to ask, but, um, I just, I can't wait for that first major league, uh, soccer signing to come in hopefully in the next uh, couple weeks before the the window closes because that's what Sasano has been talking about is you know I think we're going to get a, a DP this window so um excited to see how that plays out that would be really really exciting I imagine for a lot of FC Cincinnati fans if there was a player that you were to pick out of the nether you could ha- I guess I shouldn't say anybody because then you know I feel like nine times out of ten you're gonna get Ronaldo or Messi but <laughs> if there was a player that you think is um uh like a, 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 an actuality someone who could actually end up in MLS as a DP player but you get sort of the the top pick of that litter who's a player that you would want for a Cincinnati 
That's a that's a tough question. I need to do my my homework a little bit more. <laughs> okay, uh, fair. You know, people well, people have asked me this question about you know what kind of DPS I'd like to see, and I, I think it's smart to have, uh, you know, an attacking midfielder as well as a D mid potentially be DPS or maybe you know high tam gam whatever you call those uh, <laughs> those things now, uh, and then then a forward. Uh, there's there's been a lot of rumors coming around with. Um, with some uh, men's national teams. So they've been ambitious. Uh, those, those level players, I'm not sure we're going to be able to get those players, but uh, I, I, I don't think they're going to go out and sign like a, a Wayne Rooney type player. Cause we don't need to bring in fans. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think you're going to go see the kind of guys like New York, New York's brought in, you know, guys that are quality players step right in. They don't need to be the big sexy name signings, but they can go in and, 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 and prove themselves right away. And, you know, Lord willing, you have season today could sell them in, in a couple of years time. But I think you've seen a lot of guys, uh, there are a lot of, a lot of interviews uh, from Sano say they're looking at, um, uh, South American players. So, um, you know, maybe a playmaker. I think that's, that's where a lot of teams succeeded in major league soccer, uh, whether you look at Portland with with Valeri, I think that a guy kind of like him would be a, a a pretty good fit. You know, a couple million bucks, a Piatti, uh, something like those guys. Uh, a Ledesma. <laughs> Le, you know, I love Ledesma. I'm not sure he's necessarily a ten. I think he's he's a good winger, second striker. Uh, I think he's a guy who's who could come in right away though in Major League Soccer and and be be on on the level. I mean, this is a guy who's played in Middlesbrough. He's played. He's played all over, and um, I mean, he's the class of the of the NASL in 2017. He's been the class of of USL in, in 2018. So, uh, I feel a lot better about some of these guys on the roster right now, being able to at least step in and, and be competitive. Where you've seen some of those guys on Minnesota coming up. Of course, you had the Ramirez, which is amazing. But um, I, I think we'll be solid at least with a core group of guys going forward. That would be a whole lot of fun. Uh, just a fun fact out there. Luke Sassano is one of the players, uh, th- well, one of the only players to play for the Red Bulls in MLS Cup final. <laughs> he was on He was on the same team as head coach of the New York Red Bulls too, John Wolinek, who scored the only wow. Red Bulls goal in an MLS Cup final. So he was, he was healthy in that game? He was healthy. That was, the, that was ah. his rookie season. He he was kind of thrown into a really poor lineup that somehow failed through the playoffs, won the Western Conference, and ended up in the MLS Cup. It was a weird year. <laughs> and you guys are kind of close to the crew as well, right? That's only about two hours away. Well, for now, once they're in Texas, it will oh, be a much longer trip. <laughs> I really I had to bring it up. Hey. No, no, no. It's cool. I do too. And I wish they stayed. That's always a question I get: is you know, what about the crew? And and if I'm gonna be completely honest with you, the first professional game I went to was a crew match. I have crew. I still have crew gear. My, you know, my son wore a crew little onesie when he was born because that was before FC Cincinnati was around. We loved him. You know, we didn't get to go to every game a year, but we supported him. And but once you have that community team. Uh, I think you get that just that identity right there that, that you love, but you still have that you know you're they're kind of like that girlfriend that you didn't marry. You know, Columbus says you still kind of have some feelings for him and you want him to succeed. I think we'd be stronger together. I think yeah. you would have best. I, I think you would have the best rivalry 
uh, without people fighting each other in the streets of New York um, <laughs> <laughs> with with the crew. Uh, you, you saw, I think they had like two or 3,000 fans come down for that Wednesday night U.S. Open Cup match. You know, we were praying to play them in uh, up at Crew Stadium for the U.S. Open Cup this year because we would have brought thousands. I mean, we brought... 2,000 fans up to Indianapolis. You can't tell me we wouldn't have brought three or four or five up to up to Columbus. So yeah, exactly. I think we strung it together. I think we'd kill it, but um, that's kind of out of our hands. You know, all we can do is support, save the crew. Um, you know, I, I want to hate them in the future. You know what I'm saying? But exactly. I, I want around so I can hate them. <laughs> and I do think it's really oh, excuse me. I do think it's really cool that uh, you had FC Cincinnati fans. Uh, going to a crew match earlier this season, yeah. supporting brought, Save the Crew. That was great. Yeah, we brought 100 people up in orange and blue Save the Crew shirts. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and the awesome. final Sasano fact, uh, he was also, uh, for New York Connection, that is, uh, he was assistant sporting director with the Cosmos. Uh, so he, he made his way around New York soccer and then headed out uh, for greener pastures in Cincinnati. And we wish him nothing but the best as well. Brian, before we let you go, we're going to do something to you that we do to everyone that's been on the show uh, since uh, I think about the middle of last season. It is the lightning round. Uh, it is a series of one-off questions, usually one choice or the other. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, we do start the players that come on the show, so I can't wait to hear what you have. Oh, delightful. Uh, okay, good. One, popcorn, yes or no? Yes. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite team to play as in FIFA? Ooh, because I don't play in FIFA. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, Austria. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Uh, Vienna. Austria. Oh, crap. I, gotta <laughs> I, know, I know who you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have two kids. I don't get all the time. So I only play, I only play mobile. Ah, uh, okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> And <laughs> my family's from Vienna. Last but not least, what is the best uh, visiting stadium for Cincinnati to play in? To go to? Oof. Uh, I think I'd have to say definitely not Louisville. They're full of uh, uh, some S-H-I apostrophe word. Uh, <laughs> probably, I don't know. I have a love for uh, Charleston. Okay. All right. Cool. You know, I got I to gotta say you're throwing some major shade all around the league. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you guys can beat beat Louisville for us, that'll make me happy because we can't beat them. So uh, maybe somebody else can knock them down and we don't have to play them in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 we got to have a fun last go around here. It's kind of sad. It, 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 we didn't get to appreciate it all, but it's a great league. There's so many awesome things. I, You know, the one – when people ask me what's the great things about USLs, I always bring up Red Bulls too. Is you get to play some of the best up and coming players. Of course, you get the rivalries with Louisville and Indy, and they're close. But uh, it, it's a heck of a league. Nobody should ever bash USL, and uh, you know I'm glad to at least be a part of it for for three seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that the league is going to be sad to see Cincinnati go, uh, especially the way they've touted attendance figures this year. They're going to take a major hit next season uh, with Nashville and Cincinnati both heading out to MLS. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. And when we come back, we're going to do our player preview and see everything out. Stick around.
And we're back with our final segment. We're going to be doing a player highlight this week. Who else can we talk about but Jared Stroud? Jared had a hat trick. Uh, it was an unconventional hat trick, as we've touched on a number of times tonight. But uh, let's let's talk about what qualities Jared has. Justine, you start. Uh, he's a very good playmaker. Um, he really can, um, say, especially uh, with the low crosses, he sent it. Um, him and Amanda Moreno seem to have very good chemistry together, and they, uh, they've touched on it a number of times this season. Uh, and we've seen his goal. He's got a very good left foot. We've seen it um, many times this season. And I think now we could start saying maybe his uh, his goal scoring, too, because we've seen him use his left foot, uh, be uh, a little bit unlucky this season with a couple posts and a crossbar. But uh, him bagging three goals, I think we'll start to see him score more now. Bill, what is one of his qualities that that you think has made him successful? I I think, uh, like Jostina said, I mean, just from the last game alone, how he's shown us how he can shoot the ball is is pretty awesome. So he's done a great job on on shooting. And one other thing I'd like to highlight uh, is that he's really good with the ball at his feet. I think maybe sometimes that's... um, sort of an under-the-radar quality of his, but there's been a number of times this season where we've seen him really sort of uh, embarrass defenders by dribbling through them and making them sort of second-guess themselves and megging them and allowing him space in the box. Okay, what's something that he needs to improve? Uh, Bill, we'll start with you this time. Maybe a bit defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midfield, I mean, he's had a, a few few blocks so far this year, but if we could get any help on the defense end that we could get would be awesome. Okay. Justine. Like Bill said, defensively, I also want to see him uh, make some more runs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you, you stole mine. (laughs) I knew you were going to bring that up. So I had to touch on it. Um, Him making some more runs off the ball would definitely uh, help with his offensive game. Jostine and anybody else that has sat next to me for Red Bulls two games uh, is very familiar with the phrase, make the run, Jared, make the run. (laughs) 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 I've said that a number of times. So yes, that that's one thing I wish that he would be a little bit um, uh, more clever about his movement off of the ball. He's very good with the ball at his feet. Yeah. I love that. He looks up and, and kind of takes stock of what's going on around him and picks out some tremendous passes, but, He's got to learn to move off the ball and, and be a little bit uh, of a better teammate in that regard. Um, okay, do we see him as someone who's going to play in MLS one day? Justine? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I think he will maybe take on that um, that kind of Florian Velo role for if he gets uh, moves up to Red Bull, where he's uh, you know kind of the guy that presses the ball and then can pick out a teammate really well and show off his goal-scoring opportunities when he gets a chance. I would love to see that. Uh, Bill, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's no doubt about it. I think there's definitely a a spot on the team in the future for him. I certainly hope so. I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit yet. I want to see more from him over the course of the season, but the early returns have been absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, uh, look out for Jared Stroud. He is a great, great player. And that's going to do it for us today. Uh, If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at Bill TNJ. I am at Jasteen15. And I'll even plug NYC Soccer World for Anthony, uh, unless he changed it now. We'll see. <laughs> uh, and if you'd <laughs> like. Troll master. To, yeah, the troll master. 
<sighs> Don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, it is at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull raising bull cast and of course that's all on twitter you can follow us on facebook.com slash raising bulls you can go to raisingbulls.com where we keep all of our episodes you can find us on itunes stitcher google play wherever you get your podcast find us rate us review us it helps every little bit helps and we really do appreciate it hashtag merced out you can find us at the on bgn.fm that's the beautiful game network They've got great shows like uh, the USL show, Mongols for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, the Unused Substitute, St. Louis Soccer Report, Backchat, Tornado Alley, LWSC, Play the Kids, Six Point Weekend, and I'm not sure if Cincinnati Soccer Talk is on there. You know, I'm saying that now. I was about to. Now I'm like, wait a minute, are they really on there? We could check in real time. Cincinnati Soccer Talk. I'm calling you out. I'm going to say that they're not on there. But you can also go find them somewhere. Uh, they're on iTunes and, and Stitcher and all the places that we're at. And they are a great show. Brian Weigel does a great job over there keeping you up to date about what's happening in Cincinnati and beyond. Nope, they're not on Beautiful Game Network. I take it all back. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Bill Toomey, Joe Steen, and Brian Weigel, thank you very much and have a great night.